the dynamo, use the dynamo, use the dynamo, use the dynamo. Boys acting like they ready for that orange crush. Try us if you want to wheel leave you in the dust. The men in orange, baby, got orange on my back. Be the ones, now it's time for us to bring it back. Long as I got my fan club, y'all can't harm it. El Battalion in the Texan Army. We MLS champ, so haters back back. Another game on the field, my team gon' rap. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dynalytics. This is episode number 35. Uh, Astros are hot right now, so this could be the JB, Justin Berlander episode. Or if we're all Hustletown faithful looking for hope, that is Brooklyn Rain. So hopefully we get to see that young man starting for our Houston Dynamo next year, being a regular starter and contributing to the hopefully success of next year <laughs> or the start of or hopefully not the start but like progressing the rebuild faster than than we want it to right so osg as always i'm joined by osg welcome man how are you what's going on man uh, right now i'm doing pretty good you know but it's been a tough weekend but uh, obviously just finishing with the dash so finally i can i can be happy i can sleep tonight and and worry about everything else tomorrow when I wake up. But, uh, you know, everything's good. And I kind of like that episode 35, Brooklyn Rains. Just let's, let's build let's build towards the future. And uh, I had one if, if for some reason the dash just followed suit with the rest of the things that are going on for the weekend. I had one that was a real bad one. And uh, well, we won't mention it. So that one just passed out the window. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm all right now. So what's up? How you doing? I'm I'm good, but before you introduce our special guest for this evening, I I have some um, I owe our audience uh, an apology for our intro last episode number thirty four. Uh, huge shout out to one of our listeners, Jeff Strong. He he supports anything Houston, you know, um, and he pointed out that the number thirty four obviously is sacred in the city of Houston. I forgot a very important Houston legend when I introduced uh the the last episode so without further ado earl campbell houston order legend ut legend i can't believe i forgot to mention that last episode but thank you jeff strong for pointing that out and i am not afraid to admit when i make mistakes and and i'm glad i have an opportunity to make it right so thank you jeff and uh thank you for listening and and we got i i, I promised i was going to correct it next episode and i'm and i'm paying it forward right now so thanks for listening and yeah, on to episode 35. So, OSG. Hey, yeah, man. I, I, yeah. miss, I, I missed it. I missed it, too. You know, 30, <laughs> 34-year-old Campbell. But, you know, when, when it was soccer-related, I didn't know. I, I usually don't know who you're going to say for the episode number. And you know, talk to Akeem Olajuwon. And, and Akeem has a soccer background back home. It, it, it just it fit. And I was like, oh, right there, tunnel vision. So, yeah, of course, man. Earl Campbell, horns. I love you, Blue. But, yeah, man. So, but. Hey, tonight's tonight's special special episode. We're as we we do the the Hustle Town Roundup and review the weekend. Uh, Andreas Dynamic Foxtrot has graced us with his appearance and joined us tonight. Welcome, man. How you doing? Hey guys, no, yeah, so happy to be here. Uh, definitely lots to talk about this week. Uh, we can definitely go ahead and skip to the dash, and we can just do a dash episode today. You guys okay with that? 
but yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm good. I'm good with that because there's a, there's a lot we need to forget about, right, man? Just do dash and yeah, yeah. Just, just, just go go with it and then stay happy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's stay happy. So, OSG, tell us what just happened now in New York, dude. So, for those listening to this recording, as it happens, we 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 just finished the dash traveled up to New Jersey, New York, Gotham. And played in what was a pretty exciting game, man. Going uh, it, back and forth, you know. And Dash ended up winning four to two, and it was just exciting. And what it what it ends up doing is it puts Dash in third place in the standings with twenty one points overall. San Diego and Portland are still leading the way with twenty five and twenty four. But man, the da- the Dash are looking good. History never made the playoffs, and they're making a pretty good run. They're in pretty good form, and uh, so that's that's how we're with the weekend salvaging the weekend. The, the dash saved our saved our hopes and dreams because we've had a bad weekend. But man, dash they look they look good, and four to two victory in Gotham. It's you know uh, the the lineup the lineup came out early right before the game, and it, it's just our you know, pretty good lineup. Typical what we were going to expect. Campbell was back in goal. Chapman, Priscock, Naughton, Jacobs on the back line. Vigiano, Smith, and Broom on the on mid- midfield. Prince, Salmon, and Sanchez got the start up top. And man, that's just a that's a pretty dangerous attack if they if they play with good chemistry. And then tonight it just was it was great chemistry. And you know, uh, uh, Andres, I'm sure you got to see the game, man. Thoughts on it? Oh no, yeah. This um, I was definitely impressed by the by how the dash adapted to this game, especially early on after considering the first goal. And oh no, yeah, like I just credit to uh, Gotham. Uh, they had like a pretty uh, strong uh, forward core, especially uh, first just causing damage all around, and and definitely obviously forcing that that goal late late into the game. But but yeah, just going to what I said earlier, like they just come in. And after conceding the first goal, they just get back into the game almost immediately. I I think, yeah, I thought that the that that midfield uh, accompanied by um, uh, Bombi, uh, Maria Sanchez, uh, they definitely just after conceding the first goal, they just went like, you know what, uh, screw it, we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna do our thing, you know. And, and I mean, they definitely they, they create some damage on those flanks, and and they barely missed. And I, I, she, uh, like she had, like like Maria Sanchez, she had a great game along uh, with Sophie Schmidt, just scoring that amazing goal, like almost like, like like even outside outside the box, like she was like pretty far off and just like uh, aims for the upper ninety and lands it, and and yeah, just like she, they essentially control like two thirds of the game, and and like like you mentioned, like, an exciting game to to come off. And especially on the road, um, getting there, uh, like just just breaking like a pretty, um, just just coming off a really bad loss, um, like from a while back. Uh, this is a pretty strong performance overall, and something to look forward to, especially with like a team like the Dash that has been has been doing so far this season with a new uh, with a new head coach. It, it's definitely exciting. I mean, 
the way this game started, I was like, no way, it cannot be possible. Because, you know, Gotham scored in the friggin' third minute of the game where, where Chapman was trying to make a back pass to the defender and it, it got uh, – there was pressure on her. It, it immediately got intercepted, and that, that, that winger right there just took off and went towards goal and just made a pass right for the goal and got the score right off the bat. And we're like, ah, oh, here, and it cannot be possible the way the weekend's been going. But, man, in the 18th minute, Sanchez, with her precision on the corner kick, she just put that ball right there in the six-yard box and not, not just flicked it on. She flicked it directly on goal and uh, – they're going to call it a friggin' own goal, but whatever. Uh, just Gotham, Gotham couldn't clear it out. It ended up in the back of the net. So they, they kind of robbed not for that goal. She put it directly on goal. It was going in. They just kind of got in the way and whatever they call it an own goal. And, um, and then 36 minute mark, man, this was, this was just a gorgeous, gorgeous play, man. Vigiano, she drove from midfield. I was just on um, the attacking half of midfield. Drove forward and passes out wide to Maria Sanchez, who just again on 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 dime with her crosses and Grooms running in for that that brilliant header into the back of the net. She almost put a hole in the back of the net. It's just how quick she came in and just was was ready for that. And yeah, right before halftime, Salmon she had a a breakaway and she pulled a Fafa moment. I, I don't know what she was thinking, but she must. <laughs> She must. She must have been watching Fafa a little bit right there. <laughs> uh, right. I, I mean, she could have definitely had a, had a brace in this game. Uh, I, like I feel like that's pretty harsh on just to compare about Salmon <laughs> and and yeah, for the most part, uh, yeah, like that second goal against Shagroom was was pretty good. Uh, it was a massive goal, and and yeah, for for the most part, um, the uh, I, I thought the first goal was. Was pretty good the way that that Norton just for, forced the uh, the on goal. Like she she had like a pretty tight angle. Like she was like essentially just fa- facing the corner and and like somehow manages to to land the chip ball like like right like in a pretty pretty tough angle for like a goalkeeper and like the the defenders to communicate and like it's just one of those moments just to uh, break uh, Gosling's mentality heading into this game and I felt like. The second goal uh, from Groom and that that amazing that amazing play with Vigiano, uh, that, those are like the moments that the dash uh, have been using a lot this, this season so far. But yeah, like Emily <laughs> uh, uh, Salmon definitely could have uh, may have done better that that time around, but for, but for the most part, um, she 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 did what she had to do, especially with the penalty um, kick um, heading heading her way shortly. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely wasn't comparing her to Fafa. I was comparing more to Fafa to a brain fart. It's just, it's like, so it was like she had a brain fart. It's the same brain fart. I just called it a Fafa. <laughs> but yeah. it was for those that didn't see that or go see the highlights. She was she just one on one, and I think she just overthought it and she tried to cut. She tried to cut outside the keeper who made her dive, and it just just cut it too hard, and it just drew, it just went right out of bounds. But yeah, and then in the second half. In the 70th minute mark, like you said, that that friggin' shot from from Smith and Vigiano laid it off to Smith. I think it was like 24, 25 yards out. Uh, just a like you said, a beautiful shot. Just a left shitted shot. So she was kind of facing away from goal and just curved it over to that far corner and just hit the back of the net. And just that was a pretty goal. And it has to be like one of those goal of the weeks for sure. And then literally yep. right a minute later. 
Yeah, I mean, right. You agree with kind of kind of goal of the week or definitely goal of the week for sure. And then immediately after Sanchez dribbling into the box, she got taken down, and then that's when you said Salmon gets her PK opportunity and just nails it right in, right into the back of that as well. Puts us up, but four one right there. It looks like Dasher running away with it. Of course, you still got to play the rest of the game because you've seen before that they've had a 4-3 game where the other team kind of came back and kind of pressured at the end. But in the 82nd minute, this was this was just all skill right here. The purse from from Gotham won the ball in her own half. It ran 75 yards. She burned the first defender, just ran by her. And as she finally got to the second defender that was probably about 30 yards out, she decided, I'm just going to jet past her. She jet past and just <laughs> nice ball, put the ball in the back of the net. That's 75 yards jet all the way. That's a – she definitely used her speed to her advantage. And, you know, that's how the game ended up for 4 two. So, it was a, a great game, great win. Moved us into third place, man. It was, it was freaking awesome. I'm, I'm happy for the dash. and They're looking very good. Looking very good. Maybe those playoffs will be coming towards us soon. For the first time in history. So let me ask y'all real quick. I know y'all both follow the dash, the same this with the same passion y'all follow the Dynamo. As someone in my in my shoes that's you know that loves Houston, loves the Dynamo, but also like wants to show support into the dash, but hasn't in the past. I know that Sanchez Maria Sanchez. Is she like our winger? Because I know she was being marked before Salman got here. I know they were like, she was the attention of the marketing campaign for the dash, you know? So is she our winger? Because that cross that she put for the Grom was was beautiful, man. That was a nice cross. And also, uh, the Grom got up there too to to head it, which was nice. I, I really like that goal. That one and Schmidt's goal were the, my two favorites. Yeah, she's, she's been tiring as a winger, so definitely. <laughs> okay. And then the grown, I saw she wears the number 10. So is she our playmaker or is it, I know she was like a draft pick, right? Like, I think she went to a &M, if I'm not mistaken. She groomed, yeah, she did. Yeah. Okay, good deal. Awesome stuff. But yeah, so she, now. She, groom is definitely, def, groom is definitely a mainstay. She, she's the one that you see in a bunch of the marketing for the dash as well. Not, not just rigging, uh, Rachel Daly, who who did her thing today as well. But she's one of the, Maria Sanchez, one of the, the marketing icons that, the, that you'll see a lot, a lot of times when the dasher marketing. Che Groom, she's just, she does, she does everything right there in the middle. She's a greedy, feisty, feisty, when I say feisty, a midfielder. And she goes out there and she's just involved. And I mean, it, uh, her, uh, before that earlier, she had a, a cross that came in where she got her head on it keeper just outright just obliterated her and she gets up looks at the ref and it's like what happened man you know most players will just lay down for a second and realize they got hit in the head so groove's groove's a gritty gritty fighter and maria sanchez she's just finding those targets and it's funny somebody said something in the discord earlier about can we uh i forget which player they say can we put this player on our team other than dynamo i was thinking like maria sanchez would be perfect for her crossing in just find sea bass every time. Can we just use them as a as an academy to the dynamo as well? <laughs> but the Dash are just having fun, man. I, that's that's a good team. They're coming together, and I hope this is a a long term coming.
Yeah, totally. And and yeah, jokingly, I did mention uh, to just bring in Naughton. Uh, she's one of the center backs with us. And that's for, that's for Dynamo, you know. She she definitely proved her worth uh, these past couple seasons. And I, I wouldn't be upset about bringing Bumby as well. So, yeah. Or, or, or just all together. We can just replace uh, the Dynamo with a dash, you know. That would be good. That would be good. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it, too. Hey, if they, they want to keep doing this like this, let's just switch the attendance, our, our tickets, and we'll just, just, man, we should just go to the, the, the dash right now, anyways. No, <laughs> no. but yep. man, if, if I could, I'd be, I'd, I'd be at all three games if they were at home or whatever. If I could, every freaking time, I, I wish, but as long as I can make sure I get a, a way to see them and they're on, there's a way or I find a way to watch them and follow them, no matter what. People call, hey, what do you want to do tonight? I was like, what time? Nope, got a game. Sorry, I'm watching. <laughs> Call me tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> but fun times, man. Yep. Herman, I think we have a, a fan question that came that was specifically for the Dash. Yeah, we had a couple of fan questions. Let me look it up real quick. One so I'll, I'll crazy, go ahead and tell you them. the first one was <laughs> yeah. Philip. Feldwish, Philip Feldwish. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he asked a question, and, and Pasha, I'll let you let you answer this one to start off. But can the Dash finally make the playoffs after just missing last season? And he was kind of that was kind of short and easy. So I'm gonna lean on Fox for this one. What you think, Fox? Uh, it's gonna happen. Uh, yeah, but this is like. This is the season for the Dash, and with a new uh, head coach in, and just like the new faces as well, meshing together, um, like I don't, I highly doubt they're gonna miss this year. And like they just compared to like the past two seasons, um, especially on the, the last one uh, that they just missed because of a game and pretty much like bad results overall. I feel I feel like this this time around they can definitely. Uh, Lock in those results, especially on the road, that they need the most. And even though they they already lost uh, home games this season, uh, they they can I can I can I believe that they can just make it up uh, with the with the games remaining so far. So, oh yeah, like they um they need playoffs this year, and I feel like they're gonna make it. Yeah, I, I agree. Looking at their the remaining schedule, they've got a. You know, San Diego, they got Angel City, which Angel City's not performing too well anymore right now. They, they've got a few road games and a few home games left. So it's a it's good, good opportunity as long as they can keep this form that, that, that they're looking right now. You know, 4-1, 4-2, back-to-back games. So it's uh, – uh, I'm really liking this uh, attack. Not that they're, you know, teams are scoring, but I guess, you know, that happens when you play this style of uh, – Soccer, you're gonna you're gonna get scored on in return, but you know the, the it whoever scores the most wins the game, so it's, it's fun, you know it's fun. But yeah, they have a few games going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games left going on still in the season, so there's still a lot of room, and everybody's up tied up top. It's what 25, 21, so we're four points from the top. So yeah, man, let's let's go, let's move it on, get those playoffs. Yep. And then I I met I believe I met this gentleman last home game Hadi I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He said Hadi Z. Hadi Z. Yeah. If we get 
and we did, we as in the dash, if we get these three points, will the discontent Dynamo fans get behind the dash as possible first successful playoff push? Time to tune in. So, yeah, he's he's kind of saying, <laughs> like, bring those angry fans and go support the dash, you know? So I think we're all in agreement there. And then... Oh, no, yeah, like, if, yeah. even... Even in the Dynamo loss, for sure, they, they definitely have to get behind the dash um, just to uh, keep supporting the game. Like, even though it's it's uh, it's played different, like it feels different. Like it's still it's still the game that we have to support. But but yeah, yeah. And like you saw the the Euro final. I think it was uh, Germany in England. Like they had eighty seven thousand plus in Wembley today, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, we gotta. We got to help support and grow the game here back home as well. Um, and then I think this one's directed towards you, Andres. Well, well let's, let's go back to that one because, you know, the, the Dash are there and, and they're they're not necessarily marketed to the best way in Houston, but, you know, they're there. The opportunity is there for fans to follow. They're, they're being shown on TV, on Twitch, on Paramount Plus. So you, you can see them downtown at PNC when, when they're in Houston. So they're available to everybody. If you just they're they're fun. They're they're winning. They they've made some changes as well. They're part of the Houston Dynamo. Uh, uh, Ted Siegel owns them as well. So uh, we're all together, one team, one goal. So it's it's we we do need to follow the dash at the same time, and just like we need to follow our you know, at least Houston Dynamo too and, and the rest of the academy as much as possible and just keep letting people know and just keep putting it out there what, what what's going on out there. So maybe they'll just start to follow us and, and realize what all the hype is about because we're, ha- we're having fun, man, forever orange in it right now. One one thing that can help, and you can clarify the news a little bit, OSG, earlier this week it was announced that the Dash, are a couple of the Dash games are going to be uh, shown on the same channel as the Dynamo, AT&T Sportsnet, which to me, that's huge if you want to uh, help grow uh, the following here in the city. But you told me, whoa, 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 not so fast, my friend. It's only a couple. Can you elaborate on that, on those news? Yeah, and then Foxtrot, if you know any details on this too, because I really don't know any details. All I saw was just three three games they're going to show for Dash on, on Fox. Uh, Sports Southwest Houston channel uh, for this season, and it's so uh, give them more more coverage, which is, is which is a lot better. And I don't know what it, if it means anything for the future. If it's just a tryout run or something, because you know with the MLS getting the Apple TV deal, that, that does open up some room for on the that channel for come on show some dash games and give it more give more coverage to the, the city of Houston. So. Uh, I, re- I really don't know too many details about it, but I hope it just leads to something where it's more coverage for the Dash and more marketing. Uh, Foxtrot, do you have any idea? Oh, yeah. Like, they, they announced very recently that they're going to be showing three uh, Dash games on NTT Sportsnet, and those being August 7th uh, against Seattle uh, on the road. Um, that's also August 27th. Uh, uh, in Houston against Washington Spirit and also another home game on September 11th against Angel City. So, I like, even though, like, for the Dynamo, even though it doesn't really relate much since starting next year, they're going to be moving to Apple TV. 
Uh, this I feel like this has a precedence, and it's it's pretty much massive news for Dash since they never really had any local coverage outside of streaming, uh, which obviously like everyone can get streaming, um, especially for for NWSL games. You can just like go online, and since the beginning of time, you can just like watch it online. Um, this is pretty big news because we're we're looking at a the first time that that's going to be shown on TV uh, on local television and be available for like the audiences that also watch the the Astros and the Rockets like in the same channel and and obviously this we're talking about like professional women's soccer team um, pretty much uh, setting the setting the standard already for like other teams in the league to to follow in the sense that they should be also applying for like local coverage this way and I, I just hope that this also goes into next year um, like even even if the Dynamo uh, uh, go away from NTT Sportsnet that the Dash uh, like even even if it's just like a handful of games that they just push to uh, get either three more games or five more games next year uh, there so so yeah I feel like it's as a precedent and that it should be it should be done uh, going forward more often especially if the Dash can finish the season strong right um, if, if we can get hopefully a make the playoffs and b if they make a a a deep run in them they can promote the heck out of that right they'll lose the dynamo but they can say hey come so come watch your Houston dash on 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 our channel you know they they were close last year so they they can it, it's like a win win for both i feel like i hope it i hope it goes farther than this season and even maybe even it's not the entire season like you said shoot half the games or quarter of the games that's better than what we've been doing in the past you know yeah yeah like yeah it's great for the 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 front office to to include the dash in some of this marketing you know just like on tuesday we're doing a meet and greet with the dash and the dynamo and it's not just the dynamo they are included included the dash as well so that's going to be a a fun moment where you get to meet both the teams instead of and they're not being left out so it's uh fun that the the dasher are hopefully being treated properly and and we can give them some more publicity and then i believe uh one of our listeners chris the good guy he had a question for you specifically andres he said when are you coming a B was why foxes and then this one I have no idea but I'm just gonna read it word for word <laughs> when, is uh, mommy, on, when is mommy Chan making her return <laughs> <laughs> that's the most important question <laughs> yeah <laughs> so in regards to Spotify I'm guessing he's, he's referring to little time podcast which uh, is currently on hiatus um, for a while now we started doing episodes at the beginning of the season for the Dynamo and we kind of stopped and uh, me and Tony um, mostly just because of time constraints uh, I, I really just want to get back to it uh, it's just it's a matter of trying to pretty much see how I'm able to record episodes like even if it's going to be without Tony um, it, I just make it like a different format for like, people to enjoy and and yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just have to, to get it at, uh, at some point whenever I'm not busy with like uh, school and just my full-time job. And I just pretty much to create that balance to, to just take my time to create a content for everyone to enjoy, you know? Like I don't, 
I don't really want to focus on just making like a, like a podcast that that kind of half as you know like it's um for me for me it's very important and just like make substantial content for like all the fans to enjoy. So that's that's that. Um, as for the Foxes, well, it, it's pretty much like a reference to Diesel. Um, yeah, it's um uh, the mascot that I really love and and love his presence around games, especially for Diamond Dash. Every time I just go to PNC Stadium, so so yeah, so it's um pretty straightforward to reference to Diesel and and it's been like even though it didn't start like that, like whenever I, I changed my uh, the branding for the Twitter page, it's something that, that I've been looking forward to, something that referenced uh, the club itself. And Mami Chan, that's a that's that's a reference um, of a, of an anime drawing someone did on Twitter uh, during the off season, uh, this past off season for the animal, and it's like an anime character uh, wearing like a animal shirt, and and yeah, that's pretty much what what he was referring to. Uh, yeah, it, I I think I thought it was funny because it it was pretty it pretty much came out of nowhere and and it kind of stuck stuck around for like the real underground that I'm following. So I, I thought that was funny too. So so yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to we'll have to find a way to get it to sneak out for us real quick. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> But regarding your, your the, the first question for this week, uh, man, the, the fans are looking forward to Newtown, and uh, we are rooting for you, hoping you're, you're able to figure it out and, and get back on the airways at some point. And, uh, you, you definitely have that support whenever you get it back up and running, and you have a listener right here for sure. But there's a uh, there's a lot of fans out there that is Newtown waiting. So, uh, man, good luck with it, and we hope hope y'all figure it out. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, like. Like uh, Tony and I know that there's a lot of people that tune in uh, when are we release the episodes and and for me like it's pretty it's pretty painful for me not to like commit to it as much as I want but we're, I'll I'll make it work. Right, sounds good. So moving right along, you want to transition into Dynados OSG? Yeah, so Danados ended up playing on Friday night. They're the ones who started off the weekend of games for us. Uh, and it was a weekend of hopeful games, we thought. Not really hopeful because we knew Dynamo going to Philly was going to be a hard game to even get a draw out of. But, you know, Dose at Vancouver, too. We knew that was a tough match. They were sitting in fifth place and we were fourth or fourth or third or something going into the game. So we knew that was a tough match at Vancouver, but it was 85 degrees, so it kind of played – Played in our favor going up there with the, with the heat, but then uh, it, it was uh, the lineups for Dana Dose. I'll run through those real quick, uh, but uh, it was uh, God, our, our keeper's last name. I didn't write his freaking name down. Oh, Valdez get, get started, of course, in goal. And in back line, Juarez, Mikel, Maples, and Gonzalez were up left to right. And then our midfielders were Palomino, Herrera, Lima. And then up top was LaFour, Evans, and Papa and Doy. And and the way the way this game started off was friggin' boom right off right off the bat second minute into the game Dose had a couple shots in the in the compact box man and it just kept going around and then finally one made it to the keeper and he parried it Papa and Doy with the rebound starting off one nothing so right off the bat uh, Dana Dose would start one nothing but uh, Fox shot the the lineup did you have any 
have any disagreements with that lineup? Because that seems to be the the direction that uh, Bundy's been going right now. I didn't really have like any big issues with the lineup itself. Uh, for for the most part, uh, the, this are the lineups that uh, Coach Bundy has been lining up. So just putting we're just putting on a weekly basis. I have I've been pretty consistent for the most part, and, and like as and obviously this being a, a, a developmental league, like as long as you you put in the minutes of the players that deserve it, and obviously try to develop a young talent that like like it's supposed to, then I'm definitely okay with and and yeah I, I like for the games that I've seen so far, uh, Dynamo two have found consistency and. Especially with players like Jason Juarez, I feel like he has been one of the best players for the team this season, um, along with Marcel Palomino and Daniel Rios, and and yeah, like even even Papa, like he's one of the the newcomers that that has been showing up um, for the most part, game in game in and game out, and and yeah, just just one of the names, um, and and obviously uh, Tyler Maples, which I almost forgot, like he's one of the uh, the names to keep in mind for Diamond fans too. To hopefully make the jump at some point within the next season or so, but but yeah, just a, a lot a lot of names that that have been appearing for uh, D two uh, with the start of um, MLS Next Pro, uh, which uh, Diamond fans should uh, I would say that's a lot of commitment to to take with just following three teams at the same time, but but I feel like uh, MLS Next Pro is is definitely a good way to to tune in to like the youth that we have right now as well. as as players that we're giving a, 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 a we're giving a shout out, you know, that could one day make the jump, and and yeah, like no complaints for me. Although one thing I should say is that uh, Joe Farus, uh he he did come in the second half. Uh, he he's coming. He also came in for the Dynamo Academy, and he's also uh, being uh, pretty much noticed by the Egyptian national team because he he does have like Egyptian nationality. So he's just one of those players that we have to keep an eye on as well. So. So just, I just wanted to to mention that. Yeah, and then you mentioned Danny Rios too, who hasn't been seen for quite a while. Finally, uh, was on the bench and got some some late minutes at the end of that game, and it was good to see him out there and, and getting some minutes because he's been missing for a whole minute. But like you said, Maples, uh, I know he's out of contract in this season, so I'm hoping that we can find a way to to fit him in with the with possibly the first team or resign him and keep him with got a dose and just continue to bring him up because he does look like he could be somebody for the future and and palomino just he keeps showing off over there with those yep. and that friggin free kick which I'm, I'm sure you i'm sure you've seen it even if you didn't see it live you saw the friggin highlight it's just it seems like it's always from that angle in that spot he just puts it right in the net and keepers don't don't block it but it was a friggin brilliant brilliant goal for Palomino, he's a free kick specialist. But he, just besides that, he looks good on the field. He, he's playing smart. Uh, I know he's not getting time because of congested midfield in Panama, but I'm hoping we're able to find a way to hold on to him as well. You know, but um, moving along into the game, you know, the, the, the match actually, Vancouver was doing pretty well in the first half, and Dose was kind of struggling with possession. They kept, they kept giving away in midfield. And just kept making bad passes. The Vancouver kept intercepting, and then finally, in the 25th minute mark, it was one of those bad giveaways, and and Valdez just couldn't stop it. Vancouver got a goal, one-one. 
uh, and it continues that you know, Dose finally started to pick up that possession a little bit and started to play a little bit better soccer. And then that's when in the 35th minute mark, they got that, that free kick from Palomino. It was just friggin' friggin' genius, man. Friggin' genius. So that was what, 2 1 going into halftime. Second half just kind of went back and forth. There was a few good chances, but nobody, nobody put nothing through, no scores. Uh, I think Valdez had to make a couple of good saves. There was a couple of good uh, blocks that ended up for corners. Uh, four minutes of extra time, and then guess what? Vancouver puts one in the back of the net with about 20 seconds to go in, in extra time and ties it up two to two. And that was just uh, just so draining and just, oh, my gosh, and you just cannot be. Like, come on. And watching the game – they just – the way the dose were just sitting back those last 10 minutes and they weren't trying to go forward at all. I, I hate the way teams do that, sit the bus when you're only up a goal and teams are obviously attacking. You're just giving them more opportunities and it just backfires every time. And I wish – man, we just could have wasted some more time if we would have played a little more forward. But And then, and then it bite us in the butt because what happens with PKs? We lose five to three in PKs, and it's because Dynamo missed that fourth fourth penalty kick. Vancouver finishes the fifth. They friggin' win. You know? So, in the weekend, luckily, we're still in third place with uh, 36 points. Tacoma beat up on St. Louis five to one over the weekend. So, Tacoma's in first place, St. Louis in second, with Houston being in third, and uh, our rivals, North Texas, holding up fourth, and Vancouver now in fifth. Well, I guess staying in fifth. You know, and then uh, another side note, I just remember Dynamo are still undefeated at home, 7-0. and Only next pro team to have that undefeated record. But uh, Fox tried to cheat. Man, watching the, watching the second half and the extra time, man. <laughs> How were your emotions there? Oh, yeah, I just got it after considering the, the goal in stoppage time. Uh, definitely uh, hurt the team heading into the into the penalty shootout and and yeah like you mentioned it pretty well just one of those things with parking the bus that, that backfires that i i also think that it it affected the team uh just to secure the three points and they they're essentially just walking out with one so uh, oh yeah it's like uh it's so an important point uh coming out of vancouver but at the same time it's a wasted opportunity uh for the full three points yeah, for real. Wasted opportunity because it would have, even though, uh, what, what is it, Tacoma and St. Louis hadn't played yet. If we could have won that game, it would have put us in first place for that moment, for at least 24 hours before Tacoma played their game. But And we needed those three points because Tacoma is a friggin' MLS team playing at the next pro level. And we're going to have to, I don't know how we're going to, anybody's going to beat them in the playoffs. They're, they're friggin' beasts, but uh, Houston needs those points just to pass them up and maybe we can get them on the, at home, something like that. But yeah, and that was uh, just those. It was just let down and that, that's, you know, that's how we started friggin', friggin' Friday and oh, man, with the, the big loss. But, you know, moving on, they play Sunday. They come home, play Sunday against Sporting KC. And we played them before in the season and got that win. And I'm, I'm looking for them to get back on track, especially at home, and uh, get the full three points and not even not even question it this time. Uh, any final thoughts on on Dose? No, not for me. Yeah, like, like I said before, 
it's a it's our soul for them to to just sit back and and pretty much uh, see like a different approach to parking the bus uh, if necessary, depending on the game that that's ahead. But but yeah, it's just one of those games that they have to think about. Yeah, and I'll and I'll help us transition to the to the next topic. But you know, we we constantly see Palomino killing it right in Dinados, and we we urge uh, for minutes in in the first team in the Dynamo. But we've had some. Th- this is a question for both of y'all, and this is my observation. Okay, um, you can disagree, and I would love to hear both of your thoughts on this. We've seen, even though Palomino hasn't started, obviously we want him to have 90 minutes or, you know, a good chunk of minutes with the first team. He's had some opportunities, okay? Um, And to me personally, he hasn't shown what he's shown in Dinados, right? Um, Avila was another one that stood out early in the season and he got that promotion to the first team. And he's kind of come in as a sub originally, started a game, I believe, and then fallen off uh, from um, Paulo's liking, you know. Um, why do you think they're having a hard time making that that jump? Like is um, we, we, we MLS Next Pro to be our um team that produces our next crop of players but the ones who are excelling are having a hard time making that jump to the first team what why do you think that is either one of Pasha, I'll, 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 I'll let you go first on the questions and I'll, I'll follow up just to, to keep it on track i guess <laughs> go ahead yeah i mean the way i see it is unfortunately there is no pathway set uh, when it comes to young talent and people like Marcelo Palomino, people, uh, players that we have been asking the first team to uh, feel more minutes or at least like get um, get starts aside from just like coming in as a substitute. But but yeah, like you can all you can definitely make the case of of uh, the midfield core uh, pretty much being crowded at this point and Palomino having a difficult time to earn the minutes. And by the same time, uh, just as a, as a question as to when are you going to pretty much start establishing that pathway in the sense of bringing in younger players? Maybe it's a thing that that they've been considering to start uh, this year, um, or maybe transition into next year with Brooklyn Brains coming in, and I pretty much I'm I'm guessing they've been guaranteeing minutes in the first team whenever. Um, the the homegrown rules uh it, it isn't much of a nuisance anymore uh, for for Dynamo and and yeah it's just one of those things that uh, I've been thinking about uh, either it's a thing of of uh, giving Marcel Marcel enough chances already or is is it like a thing that the that the players that are available on the first team make it hard for him to earn those minutes but but yeah like for me it's it's a, uh, it's gonna come down to uh, pretty much establishing that pathway, that that strong pathway of getting, of getting those young players' minutes, and pretty much uh, promoting that, like in the sense that um, the young players, like on Dynamo Two, knowing that there's a place for them on the first team. Like if, like if those players, like on the first team, aren't 
performing, um, like we can definitely talk about the Philadelphia game. <laughs> and just like uh, setting that opportunity for them to like play now, you, you know, like just having like a, like a fresh face. But, but yeah, it's just one of those things that they like at some point that they just have to show like it's going to happen. Like they're going to earn those minutes. And, and yeah, like it's a worse situation for Palomino at this point. But, and you, I mean, you brought it up at the right time because I believe uh, Marcelo's contract with the Dynamo expires after this year. So it's just a matter of, of pretty much committing uh, him, like in the sense of uh, what what is the team going to tell him that, hey, um, you might play minutes uh, the first team next year, but at the same time, it's kind of hard for him. Like it's tough for him to, to just commit to the Dynamo still because like he's been playing for – um, uh, the Toros and, and Dynamo 2 now are more than, than the first team. So it's pretty tough, and I can definitely see why. Yeah, I don't blame him. <clears throat> I, it, to me, it makes no sense. If his contract is due at the end of the year and you've been loaning him out to USL teams or Charleston Battery or whatever, and why not see what the guy has? Because you need to make a decision on, do I renew this guy or not? And before the season started, you wouldn't even entertain the renewal. You knew he was going to be out of here at the start of the season. But then he's been excelling in Dynados. Why not give him the opportunity and let him show you what you have so you can make an informed decision? But to me, it just makes no sense. I definitely think there's opportunity for him to play on, on Dynamo, but you know, that's uh, where Nagamore just needs to be like, okay, uh, you know, uh, it's not working right now. He could, you know, he could take the most minutes because, you know, you're not going to take Hector's, you're not going to take Coco's. So, you know, and if DQ plays out on the wing, you put Palomino there in the middle. And Palomino likes to, he can roam out wide a little bit. So, but I don't know, keep him in the middle, but you could, you could fit him in a little bit and at least give him, give him some good, what thirty minutes coming off the bench, or or throw in a start there, and just really get a good taste for him. Unless you already know what his future is with us, but yeah, like 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 Boxer, I said, if you're uh, you're, you're Palomino, I, I might be looking just to see my options for next season because I am a free agent, you know. And uh, can I make a can I make a first team somewhere? But I'm rooting for Palomino, man. I'm rooting for Palomino. And and to add on to this. The reason I bring it up is because I I buy I buy it. You know, you tell me, hey, he 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 doesn't have the quality to beat the competition in the first team. I buy that, but at the same time, <laughs> we agree that shit outside of Coco, Achache, and Sebas, like everybody's spot is for grabs, and you can't go get one. Like you you can't beat people in front of the depth chart to go grab a spot you know that's the other concerning part for me you know if if we don't have a lot of quality on this team and our youngsters are excelling in dynados why isn't to me the the thing that i'm bamboozled about is why can't we our youngsters who are doing well transition well to the mls and go grab one of those spots up for grabs if there's not a lot of competition in the in the team no, it's all good. Yeah, I I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, it's definitely something to to think about. And and yeah, just like I mentioned, like it's 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 a pretty tough situation for, uh, for the players in Dynamo too, and like, like Marcelo. And it's just a matter of 
uh, showing the commitment to the players that there's a shot and and yeah like at some point they have to bring him up if, if he wants to stay here yeah so now that we kind of touched the subject let's transition to this um to the first team the Houston Dynamo <laughs> That was not a sound effect. That was always G's body dude, making that noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let I'll let you touch on the result, and then we'll touch on the debate on what where, where should we go from here. But tell us what happened uh, last night, OSG. Oh man, uh, <laughs> free game. Yeah. yeah, let's just let's just do the uh, short story. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Short story. We don't need to go into all yeah, the details. We all know. We all know what happened, man. So, mm-hmm. so on, the, on the airplane, they were playing poker or rum or something. I don't know what they were playing on the airplane. When they landed in Philly, I think they forgot that it was a soccer trip and didn't show up to the stadium. Uh, it was kids' night. Maybe they were distracted by the, the eighteen thousand kids that showed up to Philadelphia, including the half of the Philadelphia Union roster that that. Jet showed up to play against us that night. Uh, oh man, it's just embarrassing. And you you don't know you you, you have these games. So Dynamo lose six to nothing. And you you have those games where you, where you do lose, and you're not supposed to lose six to nothing in whatever league you're playing in, whether you're the top team versus the the last team. That's you shouldn't be losing six to nothing. You should be good enough to at least keep it closer, but. Uh, they just Dynamo were just horrible, horrible, and that goes for all eleven that started. They were just horrible. And speaking of starting, uh, a lot of people were debating that this was our—I wouldn't say it was our best eleven, but it was the closest to our best eleven. DQ was on the bench. Uh, uh, teenage Adabi did not uh, end up playing because of injury during practice. Didn't even make it to the bench at all. So you had Stairs and Parker starting on the, the back line right there. So you got the Flintstones starting at center backs. And then Thor, Thor got a start instead of DQ out there. And then Fafa Pico on the other side. Seabass finally gets back into the starting lineup. And then, of course, Hector Coco in, in, the, in the midfield. So it was uh, pretty much the uh, everybody was happy with the lineup. Could have put DQ in. But then the game started and we got our butts kicked. And then the focus went elsewhere and I'll leave it at that right there for a second. <laughs> yeah. That's the gist of it. You don't, you don't have to explain a lot because there's um, not much to think about considering that we've been pretty much outclassed the whole, the whole game and uh, against a team that has been built for the past few years, essentially. And while we have been going through like a different, tougher situation that it's difficult for teams to come by. And especially, yeah, it's just for the most part, like it's, it pretty much illustrates a picture of, of how far we have to go and compared to like a team as established as, as Philly. And, and yeah, like obviously there's not much to think about in the sense of that, but, but yeah, it just shows how far we have to go. We we did an interview during the middle of the week with a Philadelphia podcast, and they were they were talking about their technical director and 
how since he's came in, he's made quite a difference to their to their team and the players that are coming up through the system and the kids and, uh, and just how they've you know been competitive and this and that. Then you know we we actually watched the game and then you see nothing but frigging kids coming off the bench and then playing at a high level against uh you know supposed to be a you know supposed to be an MLS team. I don't know if we're an MLS team or a USL team right now, but. Uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, they 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 definitely have, have done their job. So I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to be following that example. And uh, I, I do. I, I, I trust Pat. So I'm, I'm just hoping uh, we can find a way to clean house with the rest of the previous era. Yeah. And I think he told us jokingly, like, but low-key being serious, like 6-0. I think he told us that. I need to go <laughs> listen. And I was like, no way, dude. We're not that bad. You know, it, it's kind of like a slap in the face to all of us, you know? It's kind of like a bucket of cold water thrown at us, you know? We knew we didn't, we weren't this good. You know, we touched on it last episode, kind of being negative Nancy. But this was kind of like, you know, the wake-up call for the fan base. You know what I'm saying? It, it, oh, yeah, we yeah. all agreed what was going to happen, right? And we, we said how we expect Nagamore and the Dynamo to play, and he said how Philly was going to play. And then after that, we asked for kind of predictions, and that's where you kind of kind of got it. Like, hey, well, if y'all going to do that, well, that's going to fit right into our, our style and our team. And then what the heck happens? It plays into their style and their game, and they freaking kick our butts, man. <laughs> yeah, like the main takeaway from – yeah, the main takeaway from this game didn't happen on the field, but rather – how we as fans demand better from the front office, uh, even though there's been some clear changes for the most part. And, and yeah, like it's essentially on us to pretty much keep instilling that pressure on Pat Onstad and Asher Mendelssohn and even Paolo himself. Like, like, even, like Eric in the space from last night, he definitely hit the right point uh, in the sense that we uh, were still essentially giving Paulo a chance to prove himself in this pretty in this team that he he inherited. Um, like even though if it if it's the players that he doesn't want in this team, it, he doesn't want to say it, which is fine. And it, it or like the pieces that he he wants that are not working out, like he he wants to make him work with the roster that he has. Like he has like a lot of issues that he did not ask for, and and like. Definitely for like a coach coming into this uh, this first year uh, with a roster that he did not build, like or even Pat or even Asher or even Ted to an extent. He he was he was given a, a tough deck, honestly, like in, in the sense of just playing cards and and yeah, like it's it's pretty tough for everyone in this situation. But at the same time, like even though like it's pretty it seems pretty rough to just criticize those people in charge that just came in and try to fix things. At the same time, like I, I respect the, fan, the Donald fans that are upset about this. I respect the fact that they keep pushing for that pressure that uh, that was given to Matt Jordan last year that essentially got him fired uh, when people are were essentially fed up. And, and yeah, we're like in a pretty unique situation when it comes to us as fans to – just keep 
pressuring and expect the team to do better next time. Like this is going to be a this is this is a pretty tougher result for Dynamo in the sense that it's pretty hard to just come back and try to savage whatever's left of the three months of the season. And it's it's yeah, it's obviously on the players to to just come back and see what went wrong, and especially on on Paulo's part to just to see how how what can be done better next time and. And pretty much like from this point forward, like obviously we're gonna be really strict with Paulo and how he addresses every game like going forward. But at the same time, like it's like I'm, I'm gonna keep saying it, but it's so true because like it's it's pretty much on us to just set those expectations to not go back to those days uh, while Matt Jordan and Gabriel were in charge. Like even though we're we're pretty, we pretty much just came off of those years, but we're trying to transition and it, as part of that transition, we just have to expect the team to, to just keep improving. Like even if they're showing us that they're pretty much willing to put that effort in and we've already uh, seen it with them, with the signings they've made so far, like th this early on into their tenure and the changes have been uh, going around in the front office and the, and the facilities and everything. So, uh, and obviously, like the the um, the culture they're trying to like to to pretty much establish on, on the club, and and yeah, like it's it's just gonna be on us, like to just keep asking asking for the best of this team and the club as a whole. So, if you had the front office in front of you and they're willing to listen to you, what would you tell them right now? I mean, they're. They're pretty, for the most part, they've they've been listening to us. Um, they they've they've been pretty much understanding of the situation, like the especially the people that have been like there for like the last eight years. Um, for me, like for me as a person that that knows this, uh, for the most part, I would just tell them to to just keep keep listening to what we have to say, and like even if it's like pretty, even if it's just like unfair criticism uh, to them, like people that had to like write, like pretty much ride a pretty unsteady ship of like people just not doing their, their jobs and and forcing them to be in the situation that they're at right now. Uh, I just gonna, I I can just tell them to just keep listening and do better next time. Like there's definitely, they're definitely gonna make, make mistakes, like big or small, like on the way ahead, but at the same time, it's it's just a matter of learning of those. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And probably yeah, like I said, a little more <clears throat> so some understanding of the situation sometimes and communicate that back to us for the for the dynamo. Sometimes that's what they could do. Yeah, but I agree with everything you said. It's a tough situation, okay? It, it's it's a this is the sour part of the episode because what do you what do you tell that fan that spends the hard their hard earned dollars on season tickets on a team that's rebuilding but the front office doesn't admit it's rebuilding you know how do you how do you sell that for next year you know what what do you let me ask you that fox what do you what do you expect the realistic goal not what the front office is going to tell us what do you think is the realistic goal for the dynamo next year it's a tough sell uh, obviously, they they know the implications just 
just trying to rebuild his team all together. And yeah, obviously one of the reasons they just keep saying um, we're, we're aiming for playoffs is to pretty much give the sense of hope that uh, the players are going to do their best to turn things around um, based on the circumstances. And like obviously from this result and other results over the course of the season, it, it doesn't feel that way. And what, one of the reasons I told you about um, that I pretty much think that that animal fans that are still angry about the current situation are, uh, I, I, I definitely respect what they're thinking about and pretty much they, they want to see this team succeed. So yeah, yeah. Like obviously like this isn't like, like a playoff team that can go far, but it's just a matter of proving themselves at this point and the changes that, are, that have come up, um, with whatever stuff of the transfer window, as well as what happens in the next offseason. Because not every fan is like OSG. OSG understands that this is not a quick fix. OSG understands that, hey, we're going to go through bumps before this thing gets better. OSG has patience. But not everybody's like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, like, I agree that uh, us fans, like, we aren't exactly patient, especially coming out of, especially since we essentially wasted eight years of doing the That's same the thing key. over and over again. That's the and, key. Yeah, like, definitely. And I, I agree, I agree that there's impatient fans, but at the same time, I'm, uh, I respect the fact that they're complaining about our current situation and just trying to improve. But at the same time, I don't want to discredit Eric and people like myself because I'm also like a patient fan. I also mm -hmm, understand mm -hmm. that it's not a quick fix either. So it, it's, it's, tough it's a because pretty tough situation, like you said. Yeah, it is. And, and I'll explain why. Because me personally, I, I, I like to analyze with a cold head, kind of take a step back and look at the whole picture, right? So I understand it's going to take more time. And I've been saying this from the from the start, you know. I didn't want to get my hopes up <laughs> with playoffs, but I just saw the West standings and we're there, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, maybe we can sneak in there. But the point is that I, I understand the right thing to do is to destroy it and build it from the ground up. I understand that takes time. The problem here is this, is that you just touched on it. Our fan base has been through this the past eight years and they're fed up. They're fed yeah. up. That's the problem here. Had we come from a successful stint where we won some something significant recently, I feel like fans would be more open to a rebuild. But we've gone through the past decade and just have a sour taste in our mouths, and and we just want to get past this stage. And then you're and we're uh, we're having trouble accepting the reality that crap, we gotta do this, and and it's gonna suck. You know, it's tough. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's what it's gonna take. You know, like it might, it's gonna take more time, and it's gonna take more patience, and and people, unfortunately, have to face that reality that it's it's a process, and like like as as much as I've I've painfully experienced the last eight years, it's unfortunately the circumstances given and the way the league is run and the pretty much the situation we find ourselves with like right now. And, and yeah, like 
it's unfortunately it's it's going to be a matter of time. Well, you, so, you know, whenever you got new new owner, so yeah, we, we we've, been, we've been terrible for years, terrible for years, and then now we have new new ownership comes in and it doesn't exactly clean house, but starts starts to clean house when we finally get rid of the name. I don't like to say. And then he, he brings in a new GM and Pat Onstad. And then Pat Onstad brings in a new coach. and Not the coach we wanted. Everybody knows that. It's not the coach we wanted. I think not, our, not Pat's first choice either. It's just a choice he – I think he just was uh, just good enough to, to go with in the end is what we'll, we'll put it at. But when, when, you, when you're doing, a per se, a rebuild, a new ownership, man, I think you're signing yourself a contract into the, at least the first two years or – you know, don't don't expect high expectations. Expect to uh, just to the move the needle up and gradually move it up and keep moving forward. And I think that's exactly what we're doing. And now it kind of sucks that we it, it and it worked out the way all these contracts are about to end at this season, end of this season. So many contracts are ending at the end of this season. So there's going to be a friggin' fire sale but we kind of started building the house and we're bringing in some bricks but we're about to knock this house down we're going to keep pick up some of those bricks and then we're going to rebuild our house and hopefully it looks nicer than the first house did but uh, just people have to just understand and be patient now as far as the coach you know obviously i'm i'm, I'm nogging it and I, I we we don't have all night to probably go in into it I understand and I see the tactical mistakes that Nagamore has been making. And, and yes, in my judgment, and I'm saying it right here on friggin' airways, I don't think Nagamore has an equivalent of tactical uh, IQ in his in his brain right now, or or I don't know, or he, I don't know what he's what he's doing. He's just telling the guys to do this, and he, he goes and explains it one time, and maybe he draws it on crayon on the ball chalkboard or something and but it doesn't look like he knows tactics and so i do see that naga's making the mistakes and again like like foxtrot said this is just the team that he's been handed it, it it's we, we shouldn't expect the world right now um, um so I, that's why i say we should just give him give him a, a little bit of a pass because what else are we going to do anyways? Who's going to come in and in, in this little week? We couldn't even get nobody to begin with to start with this project. How are we going to get somebody if we let Nakamura go right here? The only thing we can sell is, hey, your project, we're about to rebuild the entire team from scratch. I'll fire Nakamura if you come in. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. So I think we just we let him start to build the team. We know he's not going to take us to the cup. Let's just build that team, build a little bit for our future, give him some pieces that that fit into the Dynamo style, not necessarily to the Nagamore style, and, and see if we can continue to move that needle upwards. And then when the time comes right or the coach comes calling, we we replace the coach. And I'm sure Nagamore understands this. this is his first job. What's what's the the average for a first 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 time MLS coach? or even in the first league they, they don't last long so he knows he's gonna he's gonna try but he definitely needs to try harder so you know that's 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 where i'm at with, with naga I, I want him to stick around i want him to do what he can to help us go forward until the mistakes just really take clear clear relevancy right now what could he have done last night in, in 
Philadelphia. He put his lineup out there uh, with the style that we're supposed to be using and playing, and the skill wasn't there. And there's no tactical adjustments to make. Someone said, well, DQ, DQ. I was like, okay, what would the final score would have been? Five to nothing. So, you know, uh, sometimes what can Nagamore do? And then, you know, a defender for a defender substitution. Uh, it's, it, but what can Nagamore do with what he's got to play with? That's hey, where I'll Fox, be with that. <laughs> are you what, – what's your position on that? And I'll tell you mine after you answer the question. What, what, what's your take? Are you Nagain, Nagao? Where, where do you stand on that? Like a baby. <laughs> essentially, Naga, maybe. Like, I'm still on the fence on this whole thing, only, only because of, like I said before, he's coming into a situation where he didn't have control of the players he inherited as well as um, the situation, like, in itself. And even, like, even what, like, considering with, like, the tactical mistakes that I noticed yesterday and over the course of the season, especially how he pretty much, like, going to the second half, he pretty much went with the same lineup without any substitutions, which essentially told me that he believed he, he could have turned things around, like, like even with the substitutions coming in, like, 15 minutes later. Uh, but at the same time, like, like just cause, just considering that that game alone, obviously being against Philadelphia, a much more competitive team that can tear apart other teams that aren't ready. Um, it's it just creates one of the situations that, like uh, this and other games that the Dynamo drop points. Um, if either it's something that Nagamura tried to do different or something that he that he's just failing to address, and and like for me. Like I'm still on the fence about it. Like I'm not real, really, uh, confident to just get showing the door already. But at the same time, he's making it hard to defend him. Like especially with whatever happens next. So, like I'm, I'm still on the fence about it. Honestly, no, I. I it is hard to defend him. It is, yeah. and, and I, I don't understand OSG, like uh, your take, man, because. You giving me all the. Re- I'll be honest. Before last night, I trust the process. He's gonna be here. He's our guy. But then it's not the six nil, even though that's freaking terrible, you know. And and they lost that game, be- five minutes before the half, because before the half in the minute forty, we were only down one nil. And then you get scored on, and then in stoppage time, you lost it right there in those five minutes, you know? Because if you go into halftime 1-0, it's a different story, I believe. Anyways, the problem with me is I'm okay if I chose this guy to be part of my rebuild. The problem with me is when you start losing the locker room, when the players don't respect you anymore. I understand that he was dealt a bad card, a bad hand, you know? Uh, He didn't choose... Most of the players, but he he's now had two transfer windows: the summer that just ended or is about to end, and the one when he the off season when he came on. And then, if you lose the locker room, then that's a red flag. Like, okay, we wanted this guy to work out, but if the players don't respect you, what are we doing? 
you know? So yeah. that's why I'm on the fence as well. I'm on the fence as well now. Like now, <laughs> I mean, his ass is on the hot seat. If I'm, well, great. I'm in charge. If I'm in charge. Because if your players don't respect you, then then we, oh, oh crap. You know, not, well, now you yeah. sound the, the alarms. Agreed, and that's a new, that's a new tangible that you add on to the fact of everything else, and that's that's where you you're swaying more people, and that 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 could be the final notch that that sways me to the to the dark side, and then it's not out as well. You know, he's losing the locker room, and you see reports of particular players, or let's just say the newer players are, are lashing out at the older players in the locker room, or, or whoever they're lashing out. There's there's there's, there's not coherency in the locker room. You wouldn't expect it to be after 6 nothing, but it feels like it's just everything that's been building up. And if Nakamura doesn't have enough control, uh, you, you know, then, yeah, I mean, what is he, what is he, do, what is he doing here? What purpose does he serve anymore? You, you have to let him go. And then the, the sorry thing is, we're, we're, what, are we, what the hell are we going to replace him with? <laughs> but right, that's the other part of the Naga out crowd. You gotta have a plan too, right? You can't just go firing people. You know, look at Manchester, look at Arsenal when they fire their coaches. You know, they they're still trying to recover from those firings. They still haven't been able to do so successfully. You know, not that Naga is a legend or anything, but like you have to have a plan when when you're when you're when you're Naga out. You need a you need a, who's gonna be your backup plan? But it's not the tactical mistakes, even though that's part of it. That's not the main reason because he's a rookie coach. You expect to make mistakes. That's the only way you're going to learn, right? I mean, it, it sucks to say it like that, but that's the reality. The man's going to make mistakes. It's his first year as, as a professional head coach in MLS. That's he's expected. an habitual offender. <laughs> the that, problem, that's the problem. Right. Habitual, like you don't learn. And, yeah. and, and now, now yeah. for me, the reason I'm in the middle now is, gee, is, is this locker room stuff, man. This is this is a red flag for me, man. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, it, and like I said, it can sway me because if, if you lose the locker room, you, you lose the players, you lose the team, and then you're 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 going to lose the rest of your games, and then you're going to lose the what you're trying to build to change the culture and the fans that are now seeing this, and they're going to be like, oh, we're not coming to the to the stadium anymore. For, forget this for the rest of the season, and you're going to have to try to lure them back ne- next season. So. Yeah, there, there's always a time to let somebody let somebody go, you know. And uh, if this could this could be that that final piece, but as far as uh, what what's been building up to it right now, I, I don't think it, it warranted so much call for it to happen. But it it, it is getting it's it's swaying a lot. This could this could be the tipping tipping of the scale right here. But you know, as I just like to see and. Get start building in the summer. Offload a bunch of people. Well, let's see what we can do. And if somebody, like I said, if somebody's interested in the project, because it is clearly a project, or Hector Herrera's got somebody on the inside, if he wants to bring a coach, or whatever. But then let's let's go with it, you know. But so otherwise, I ask y'all, like Hector Herrera yeah. last night, he he said. I'm here for three more years, or I'm here for three years. So he knows. He knows what he signed up for, clearly. Thank God. <laughs> well, and he, and he and he said that in his interviews, in the La Jornada interviews. He said, it. I'm, I'm here for the project. It's, it is fit for my family. And that's why 
we people in Houston keep being asked about Hector Herrera, and people outside don't, don't they don't see all the all the the inside stuff. Or I wouldn't call it inside; it's just not pervy to them. It's more pervy to us. You know, he 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 really is for the project, and he he wants to be. He kind of wants to, you know. I just he just wants to. He wants not just play for himself anymore. He's playing for a team. He's playing for a city, and he's playing for his family now. And I think people need to understand that that are outside right. of the club. Right, and that's the question I wanted to ask both of y'all um, during the the press last night. Both him and and Naga uh, answered questions. Um, so Herrera basically said, and and I'm I'm paraphrasing here. Okay, I'm not directly quoting. Uh, we need to do better. I know what I signed up for. I need to do better for me, my family, the fans, you know. And Paulo went ahead and apologized to the fans. My question is, does that do anything for you, Andres? Does that do anything for you, OSG? Like, for the most part, that definitely recognizes the situation. Obviously, he understands that this is, like, a pretty tough result, especially for us fans to to deal with. And the way that they just went to play that night. Obviously, it's, it's important for them to address that. Uh, but at the same time, like I, like I said before, it's just a matter of how they respond uh, for the next game. No, the apology didn't do, no, the apology didn't do anything for me because, you know, we lost six to nothing. So you better say something. <laughs> you know, he needs to apologize for not recognizing things earlier and just coming out and saying them before. You know, it's, it's easy to say it when you lost six to nothing. So uh, I'm glad he did say it, though. So at least he, you know, used his words and looked into the camera and said it. So that that's good. But, uh, you know, Dad's curious to see what we do on a, on a Friday night game in Vancouver. Yeah, Pat Pat Onstad did the same. He tweeted. Now I don't know no, right. if he's supposed to get his tweets approved or whatnot, but that felt like a like an immediate tweet following the game. You know, um, he was there, I believe. He was at uh, Subaru Park last night, so he tweeted kind of a similar sentiment, like "No excuses. We gotta fix this. Um, no words make it better. We hold each other accountable, and we continue to put the team first. We lift each other up this week and work hard to get the three points in Vancouver. Well, the thing is, the entire week I heard we're working hard. We have a good practice. We studied the opponent. We're ready to go make a game over there in Philly. And then you get your butt beat like that, you know? So, like, for me, it's hard to take these words. I want to. I like Pat. I want to believe in him. But you told me this last week, bro, you know? <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, it, yeah, he – um. Obviously, actions speak louder than words. Um, but even though he, he he had to do that, like uh, obviously he had to like come out and address like a pretty tough situation, especially for the fans that are pretty much fed up at this point. And like it's something that Matt Jordan hasn't really done. Like I know it's a pretty low bar uh, to to accomplish, but like at, at the same time, uh, you're you're coming out and addressing a a, a tough situation for the team. And the fans that have suffered enough, <laughs> and, and yeah, poniendo el pecho a las balas, you know, manning up, you know, saying, "Hey, this is not acceptable. We got to fix this." And as fans, we appreciate that because we haven't had that sort of response from the front office in past years, right? Yeah, and for the most part, this also sets expectations as to what 
what's going to happen. And it definitely looks bad on Apollo if he if he keeps wasting his opportunities to bounce back. So it's definitely some, something to keep an eye on. So I I hate being a negative, Nancy. Okay, we identify the problem. Okay, next. I'm more of a, okay, how can we fix this? You know, what do we do next, right? To me, I want to ask both of y'all, and then I'll give you my opinion. What do we what what do we do next week? What, what um do you continue playing your your best players? Because that's the sad part about last night. That was our best players minus Darwin Quintero, you know. <laughs> um, or do you go full on Houston Rockets and you go full youth, like which I think the latter. But I want to hear both of your 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 takes. I mean, you know, this, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, all right. I mean, at this point, you you just have to start considering down with two players and the and the other guys in the supplemental uh, side of the of the first team that have been making more appearances on down with two. And and yeah, like obviously not not like it doesn't have to be like the Rockets that are just like fielding all young players, but rather start or just let them start making bench at least or or just to see that it's it can happen at some point like you can earn earn the minutes to start like if you have like a pretty good week and and yeah like at this point it's pretty much just trying to bring in those fresh faces and pretty much try to change the game in, in a way that we don't really know what to expect from them so it's it's just going to be a matter of trying new, new things and just bringing like a like a fresh coat of paint to the roster. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they, they still, they still want to say they're within the playoff reach or whatever, but I mean, it's to, to move forward. I think it is, it is time to, to look at those players and, and install them in there a little bit and just give them the opportunity and see, can, can these players, can these players play with the first team? I mean, it's it's almost to the point we have nothing else to lose. We finished in last place two seasons in a row, so it's not like we're finishing any, anywhere else. We're not trying to stay out of relegation. So, you know, let's 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 put Palomino on the first team and see see if he plays well with others. Uh, you know, uh, he's got a I, I don't know if Nagamore just knows who's deep, who, who he doesn't want to return next season and this just keeps playing some of these guys and. But he needs to start doing a, a nice rotation and including some of these uh, down and dose players that have a first team contract and can come up that we don't have to actually sign or change their status or anything. And just give them some opportunity. I think we have eight games left in the season. So pl- plenty of minutes out there to, to give, give a little bit of effort and uh, give us an opportunity, something to look forward to with, with these players or just say, hey, okay, no, you're, you're not going to fit out. So, i.e. I, Tiago, who didn't fit on the first team or the second team. And when his loan expires, he's going home. He might get sent back on the bus a little early and be like, dude, we're not going to play you. You can just go home if you want to right now. But, it, it, yeah, I think it's something we just need to explore and just start playing around with the, the, the roster and, and just try to be competitive and – Maybe he has to change the style a little bit, and just adapt and 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 just forget about what what his, what kind of style he's trying to install with these players and 
just all right now. I'm just gonna. This is a. Uh, this is gonna be a tryout for the rest of the season, which they said that was a tryout for the whole season. But you can't have a tryout when you're trying to make the playoffs. So everybody's on tryout again, and let's clear house and let's let's see if we can bring in some some names at, at early enough in the preseason where we get some good chemistry and maybe can come out and be a little different next season, and then we can see what we can do with Nagamore after that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I think we're all in agreement then. Just, you know, see see what see what we got um and and go from there. It's it's yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. <laughs> Especially for us, you know, that want to see the team succeed, you know. Um oh, yeah. The casuals they don't give a crap. They've been ignoring the team for years, they'll continue doing so, no big deal, <laughs> you know. But yep. we want we want this team to succeed so bad, and you know, just got to be a little bit more patient. But what what do you what do y'all? My last question, then I'll let you OSG uh, take us uh, to the, our next topic. Um, what do you make of Quinones and well, the Argentinian transfer didn't go through sadly. But what what are your takes on those type of signings? Because it's obvious, loan to option, loan, prove yourself. Option to buy a couple million. That's the strategy of young, promising talent. What do y'all think of that? It's yeah, it's definitely the way to go at this point. Uh, obviously, with the constraints of of the salary cap and pretty much just trying to um, rescue the season at this point. Definitely, they're making the right moves. They've been starting those players well, and we haven't really heard. Uh, those names until recently so for me like it suggests that they've been looking at their options very well um because uh, and i essentially trust um pat and asher still to make the decisions so for the time being uh, they're definitely looking at those options and addressing our dire situation that we find ourselves so um i, I would see the uh, in regards to thomas thomas Mosso, uh a it doesn't look like it's going to happen since Independiente, his, his club, has rejected the initial offer. So it, it's, I don't think it's going to happen, but they're definitely looking at the right um, pieces that we actually need, which are winger, uh, being Quinones, who just arrived, and pretty much a playmaker that we seriously lack uh, whenever Quintero is not available and eventually gone in a couple of years. So... So yeah, it's just those kinds of players that we need, and obviously low risk being a year long, a year long loan, and and just the option to buy if if it ends up working out. That's the game plan. That's that's what the technical director for the team told us. Low risk. If it pans out, perfect. If it doesn't, it's just a one year loan. We don't lose anything, and they're using the Dynados strategically, you know, for those international spots. It seems. That's the way they're going to use Dino Dos. Yeah. Yeah, it could be interesting because a lot of people question the Quinnet. Uh, have you say his freaking name, but uh, he fits He fits the position. Uh, and he just looks like he can't shoot. But uh, so it may not, it may not fit the situation, but at least it's a, it's a little opportunity. And we, we know we don't have room for a big signing or a DP signing or, or something like that we have to do something you uh youth like a u22 
Hey, Andres, you hear OSG? Uh, not me. I think it cut off. Okay, cut off again. But yeah, um, you have you, yeah that for us that we're not big spenders, you know per se. Yeah, we have to target the youth. And uh, on one of our on one of our episodes for um, Dynalytics, when we spoke to the search, I was telling OSG um, during that time. I know there's an obsession because Atlanta United started it, you know, kind of going after young South Americans. But here in CONCACAF, I know we make fun of the region, but there's talent here, man. And at the time, there was uh, the U under U20 uh, qualifiers. Yeah, man, uh, about the, the signings. Kununes, I just how I'm just gonna say it because I don't know how to pronounce his name without hearing it a hundred times right now. But uh, that guy, the Colombian guy, is like, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm okay with it. It looks like he doesn't know how to shoot, but but it it fits a need. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Where'd you get that from? Holy guacamole! Did didn't I see a highlight reel? Or am I getting it mixed up? Where he was? Uh, <laughs> maybe it was a low light reel, but. But you know it, it's it, it's it's just a it's a it's a tryout like you said it's it's a loan it's a low risk there's an opportunity to buy on at the end of his at the end of his loan so he gets a full year with us whether it be with Dynamo or Dose so we uh, I, they they said they looked at him before they signed him so good congrats on that because they didn't do that with Tiago so. That's, Get him what here. Pat, that's what Pat said, right? In the yep. Glenn Davis show. So tell us what he said yep. exactly. Yeah, they just in in just they just basically trusted trusted the the news they were getting or the info they were getting and, and went with it and just gave the guy an opportunity and it's been a complete bust. And so it's kind of a blessing in disguise because they'll stop doing that now. <laughs> you know, like no yeah, more. Like now it's gonna be like. Pat has to look at the player as he should be, but it's a blessing in disguise. Like, all right, we're, we're done doing that crap. We got to see this player live and make sure we like him in person too before we sign him, you know? Yeah, dude, we've been yeah. calling Pat a, a friggin' genius. And, and so what's he going to do? He goes and recruit somebody that he didn't recruit. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> that doesn't sound That was my fear. <laughs> that was my fear. We love Pat. We love Pat as fans, you know? and, and But we also got to be critical of him too, you know, because – Aside from Machiache, Seca, I, I approve, you know, pass. I give you a good grade on that one. Diaguinho, F. Who else has he signed this year, this offseason, man? Like, we so got to get critical here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the head coach yeah. hire, you know, a little bit. You know, we, we, we can't just kiss Pat behind all the time, you know? We we also got to hold him accountable, too, you know? Right. Head coach with the crew. a pass. Seca, a, a pass. A Thor, a pass in the draft. Thor, uh, Thor was a good one. Thor was a good one. I'll give you that. You're right. Yeah. Thor was a good one. Good pick. So he's not batting a thousand, but let's not do a Tiago. It's an F minus. It's not just an F. <laughs> Even though but, that existed, dude. Yeah, it, they exist. If you write it down on the paper and hand it to him. But and, <laughs> and, and then as far as as Pozo, that you know, we still have a couple days. I'm hoping that something can be redone, and just maybe they were. They were just asking for that. They were just doing a counter offer instead of just a straight up rejection. And, and maybe we could still work something out because he seemed like that was an exciting, an exciting potential.
player that for us that could come in and fill a role, especially uh, with DQ possibly not returning for another season after this. And you know, Palomino maybe not maybe not MLS ready is why he's not getting minutes on the first team. But so it seemed like excited. So I'm hoping we can still work something out. But you know, it's uh, for what we have in this window. People were like, "Why don't we get this? Why don't we, we don't have the we don't have the room? We had to do a U22 initiative. Uh, we don't have the international slots. They still haven't told us how the heck these signings are going to work. Technically, we're we're still out here guessing. And uh, but at, at least they're doing something and trying to fill needs. So, but, so you never you never know. So we're supposed, we'll still hear something coming up in the next couple of days, and hopefully it's a pozo or pozo or whatever you say it is. Good deal, man. All right. Well, that wraps up that wraps up Hustle Town. OSG, I know you got a, lot, a nice little segment across the pond. What do you what do you want to talk about, man? Yeah, man. So of course we're gonna you know just our little our little fan favorites. You're an Arsenal out of Manchester City. Uh, Fox Rod, you want to jump in here with with your favorite across the pond team, but we kind of go through Man City play Liverpool in the Community Shield this weekend and. Uh, man, they lost three to one. Uh, credit to to Liverpool in the style of uh, game that they decided to play. Man City did not look sharp at all. They didn't play well. Of course, to me, that was not their best eleven. It's just a community shield, so that's okay. Let's figure it out. Um, it just didn't look sharp. They weren't. They were playing too comfortable at first, and just didn't get into rhythm at all during that game. There were spurts and there were moments, but. Liverpool, to their credit, were pressing and intercepting passes, and they just they stuck with it, and it ended up working in their favor. And you know, credit to Liverpool for for coming in and, and doing that to City. And you know, uh, everybody knows City starts off slow to start the season off, so I'm hoping that's that's a, that's about it. And we can go next week and beat West Ham at West Ham and start the Premier League off season like champions. So that's what happened with us, man. Hey, how Fox, about, who, do you, who do you who do you support across the the pond, man? So the teams that I mostly support uh, in Europe is Real Madrid, which is my childhood team, and and yeah, like they they they're still in preseason mode. Uh, they're they're about to play the uh, UEFA Super Cup uh, against um, Frankfurt, uh, but for the most part, they had like a pretty questionable preseason. They only, I think that they drew uh, Club America. Uh, last this this past week and and yeah they just beat Juventus in LA and they they also tied a Clasico in Las Vegas um uh, way earlier so um still looking forward to it they're, they're pretty they're looking pretty strong as they as Ancelotti has, has shown this past season but but yeah I feel like that that Super Cup is gonna be pretty good. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be good. And so, let me ask you something, man. Ronaldo back to Madrid would seem like an ideal fit because he wants to play Champions League ball. But the reason he hasn't is because he broke, he burned that bridge with Fiorentino when he left. Is that correct? Pretty much, yeah. He, I don't think he's gonna come back, even if it if he wants to retire with Madrid. Um, I I highly doubt that's gonna be a thing. And the fact that I'm not sure if you you guys are keeping up with the rumors, but yeah, like he he's doing everything in his power to sign with a club playing in Champions League, so he can like uh, keep he so he can keep 
keep being relevant, you know, like he, he's like his ego, like he's, he's like, he's one of the best players. Like he's one of the best players in the world. 100% like in that has ever played, but he has like the biggest ego I've ever seen. Like of any human being like I've ever met. Like he, um, like he, like the size of his ego, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like he, he can't, he can't go anywhere without a mirror. He probably has one in his pocket at all times because I like, he always thinks about himself and himself only and his stats and his accomplishments. I like, I mean, you can do that for sure, but like, it's, it's just like, he doesn't care about the players around him. Like at this point, like maybe back then, like it was a different story. Maybe he, he was able to find success. Like the players mesh with him. But like right now, like he's just, he, like right now he's just like desperate to just find a team, like to play in Europe again, because he, he's going to be stuck with, uh, uh, <laughs> with United. And he's pretty much begging his agent to like, uh, to, uh, stay United for them to pay his contract and then get him loaned to a team that plays in Europe so he can play in Champions League. And it's so, it's so crazy. Like his, his behavior, like it's for me, it's like so silly. <laughs> like, dude, you're, you're a legend already. Calm down. Like you shouldn't be lifting like the people around you, you know, like you're, you're a legend. Like people admire you. Like you should, you shouldn't be, like this, you have everything already. Yeah, you can't I, tell I, the I, put the crown down. The man won't let it happen. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you said ego when you started talking about him because that man's ego gets in his freaking way so much, and that's, that's yeah, what keeps him out of the greatest of all time talk. Whenever it comes down to the the top current ones right now, it's his freaking ego. I hate that guy. He sucks. <laughs> No, Ronaldo, uh, uh, so aside from Arsenal, I, I also like Barcelona. And uh, I have no problem admitting the guy. The guy's a crack, you know. He's a beast, you know. Um, but I, I honestly, at this point, just make the best of the situation, kill it in Europa, bring Manchester back to the Champions League. And, and I think you can help your legacy grow by doing that, you know. But I don't know. But uh, moving along, yeah, like OSG said, uh, my uh, my team also is, is Arsenal in the Premier League. Um, we signed uh, Gabriel Jesus from OSG's Man City. I thought we overpaid, but man, every week he, he keeps looking sharp. Uh, we played uh, the Emirates Cup at the Emirates Stadium in London. We played Sevilla, and we started our starting lineup, and uh, we won 6-0. And Jesus, Jesus had a, his first hat trick. Um, which was very cool to see. Uh, Saka, one of our young, exciting wingers, uh, had a penalty goal and also a, a goal in place, so a brace for him. And then our sub for Jesus and Kita, which is uh, came from the Youth Academy, he also added on at, towards the end of the game. So Arsenal looking sharp, excited to see what they do Friday against uh, Crystal Palace, I believe, to start the Premier League. So we'll see what happens, man. So that wraps it up for across I guess, the pond, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll mention something real quick while we're still over there on that side of the world. You know, Holland, he, he did start playing the full 90 minutes for City and, and missed a, just a blatant open goal at the, end of, at the end of the game that would have tied it. 
Oh no, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think he would have tied it. Y'all were down three one already. I don't. That's why I'm not tripping about that miss. You know. Uh, yeah, oh, that's right. It would have made it three two, but it was just clear as friggin' day. But you know, like he, the the, the announcer kind of hit it on the nose. Like, Holland had some misses that game, but at least he was there to have the misses. If you don't find your target, give your target opportunities to take shots. Then you know the striker's not relevant at all. But during the middle of that game, it was pretty pretty evident that if you weren't finding the target with Holland, that he was not moving in the proper the proper runs and the proper directions as far as when uh, the city gets the ball down there into that final that final thirty yards and working into the box. He's getting in the way and he's not making the movements that that city you're used to doing when they're making those passes and finding that 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 last final shot where they just score so brilliantly. So Holland's going to have to figure it out and step it up as well. He can't just be a target guy at the top. But like you said, that's the pun. We're moved. But we're, we're, we're going to we leave. Before yeah, we leave, something on your team. Something on your team, OSG. Yeah. Holland can't get too comfy because Alvarez. He's going to be pushing for that spot, man. I like that player, okay. honestly. Absolutely. He just came in this year as well. So, yeah, he's going to get some time. Phil Foden also plays well, very well up top. And, you know, Foden will be a regular starter for, for sure. It's uh, So, it, it's still Man City. I, I'm not worried. We'll just make a run. But the Premier League is definitely better this season at the top. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But also, while we're over there on the pond uh, – Fox shot and uh, me and a lot of the surge members are just kind of in a new fun thing where we're, we we were assigned a, a a team from the English Championship League and that started they played their first game this weekend and unfortunately for me I, I'm I, I played Lava and he's whole city and I'm Bristol City and ended up losing that freaking game two to one we were at whole city we were winning one to nothing going late into the second half, and then we gave up a friggin' penalty kick that let Hole get back one-to-one. And then in stoppage time at the end of the game, Hole gets a, gets a goal to friggin' win two-to-one. So something a little bit the surge do, just have fun with uh, uh, with each other in that group. And Andres, you have to you have to remind me who your team was, I, but I know you didn't have an opponent to play. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I got Huddersfield uh, coming in. Uh, from preseason, I thought they're gonna have a pretty good start, but unfortunately, they lost their first game of the season against Burnley, one or nothing at home. So, it for me, I'm, I'm kind of salty about this loss because uh, Burnley is just one of those teams that you can really lose against, and it's a it's a really bad way to to set your first impressions. So, um, I'm kind of salty about it. Um, unfortunately, like it's um, I was, I was expecting my team to win, and they just Pretty much let things happen because like Burnley scored in the 18th minute and the game was just like boring uh, after that. So it's just unfortunate, honestly. But it's still a long season ahead, though. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I know looking back at the predictions, well, Bristol's not favored to do too well in the season, and they're like above the the relegation line. As far as 18th, I think is where they're set to finish. So I'm, I'm hoping that they get to find something and play well this season, so I can look forward to rooting for them. But, but after watching that game, that was uh, like, come on, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> I have enough turmoil. <laughs> but yeah, so that's fun. I'm glad they do that to, 
they do that with us. So, that, but it also keeps us more involved with other teams and, you know, contact with each other and banter and all that good stuff. But coming back across the pond, back over here to Houston, we're, we're going to move forward and Houston Dynamo play at Vancouver on Friday night. That's a 930 Central game. So we still expect a space to be uh, probably immediately following that game on that Friday night, maybe a Saturday, but it is an away game. So just guys look out for the space on the Somos Network, Somos 713. Uh, the Dash and Dynamo Dose play on Sunday with the Dash playing OL Rain. And they're, they're at OL Rain at 5 o'clock on Sunday. And then Dose are at home playing Sporting KC at 7 o'clock. So as home game for Dynamo Dose, get out there and check it out at Aviva Stadium on Sunday at 7 o'clock. Otherwise, Tuesday, everybody knows where we're going to be at for the for the meetup with the Dynamo and the Dash players. I look forward to it. It ought, ought to be fun. I'm making the trip. Armand, I'll see you there. Andres, I hope to see you there. I'm not sure if you're going. If What you thinking? Are you going to make that trip? I hope so, but it depends on my full-time job. And, and, and yeah, because I'm, I'm on the call for the most part. And I have to be there still, but I really want to make it. Well, hopefully it's fun. Hopefully you can make it. And otherwise, we'll, we'll just let you know how it goes. And if we can get any insight from the players while we're sitting there playing games with them. But, you know, that's uh, that's about a wrap-up on, on, on this end from us, Ramon, uh, as far as over the seas, coming back over, and the Hustle Town Roundup. Yeah, no, I just want to thank Andres Foxtrot for, for hopping on with us, give, spending time with us this Sunday evening. Uh, thank you so much. We, we had a blast. Um, just a reminder to our listeners, uh, we had a great space this past weekend, uh, yesterday after the game. So just follow at Somos713 on Twitter, or you can follow me or uh, OSG on Twitter, and you can see us join the space, and you can join as well. So the, the plan, I think, uh, and we'll advertise it on our medias as well, is uh, right after an away game, it'll be shortly after the same day. Uh, during the home game, the space will take place the next day. So just hop in, give us your take. What do you think, your opinions, thoughts? I know Pupas and Marlon have been doing a great job hosting the space and would love to hear your, your thoughts and opinions. So just a reminder to our fans, uh, to our listeners, to, to hop on there, voice your opinion. It's an it's a platform. It was created to give you a voice, uh, to give you a platform, so you can you can voice your your opinion on the team. And let's give a shout out about this space, man. There was nothing Dynamo, uh, some where somebody could come together, just chit chat and talk and, and therapy session per se. And I, I was seeing the Rockets with four hundred people on spaces and. You know, the Texans having good sized spaces and like, you know, where, where, where's the, the dynamo? So the, the way this space and the short time that it's been out there, it's been growing. It's, it's just been fun. And all the new people that we're getting, getting to hear from and the takes and the, the, the actual the media personnel that have been hopping on to take time uh, while they're while they're technically working still. They take the time to hop on the space with us. So it's it's, it's been fun. And, and like you said, it is it is a voice for Houston and we hope that it continues to grow and get out there guys 
And Victor Araiza, he's been an OG. You know, he joined us in the early days of the space, and he's been coming on more regularly. And also last night, I think it was his first appearance in our spaces. But um, if you watch the Dynamo in Spanish on 47.2, Tele Exitos, um, Alex uh, joined us last night, and he said he would continue doing so. So, yeah, chime in, get, join the space, let your voice be heard, and, and join the conversation. And, and like OSG said, probably to the end of the season, it's going to be a more therapy session than, than more more than anything. But, yeah, it, it, it's fun for other fans to interact and, and fans that love the team as much as we, we all do. So be sure to check it out on the next one. Yeah, man. So, Andres, before we head out, man, and again, I appreciate you for coming on tonight. Thank you so very much. Obviously, we had some technical difficulties during the show, so uh, my editing is going to be a little harder than usual. But, man, uh, we'll get it out there. But thank you for hopping on. Thank you for your takes. Tell people how they can follow you or where they can follow you at. If you want to give a shout-out to anybody, now's the time to do so. And then, Herman, you, you've, you've got the, the light switch. All right, you guys. Like, it's, it's awesome just to be here. And obviously, great just to, just to share with uh, my thoughts with you guys and everyone else that's listening. But, yeah, for the most part, I'm – uh, active on Twitter at Dynamic Foxtrot, and and yeah, I'm just looking forward to see how everything turns out, and pretty much how how we as fans just just see see what's ahead of us and just approach uh, what uh, pretty much uh, try to deal with what we are thrown at. So it's just awesome to be here and. And yeah, and all the episodes um, that are ahead. Hey, Fox, before we before we finish this episode, I should have asked this from the beginning, but two questions for you, man. Just in the interest of fans getting to know you a little bit uh, closer, you know. Um, one, is Alejandro Moreno your favorite Dynamo player ever? And two, can you tell us how you fell in love with the game? What 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 brought you to falling in love with the sport and the Houston Dynamo? Oh, yeah. Alejandro Moreno, for sure. <laughs> Definitely not, not a Venezuelan bias, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say he he has a place in my heart. So, <laughs> um, Good deal. I know um, that. <laughs> but, yeah. um, as for the reason why I fell in love with this game, um, I, I'm, I was mostly raised in a really uh base baseball household in the sense that uh born in venezuela um to this day baseball is our national sport essentially uh soccer it's it like back when i was a kid it was it was pretty popular still but it wasn't in the same height as baseball in the, in the sense that uh people as kids practice it like religion and just just watch the game um like like a sermon, and the reason why I fell in well, I fell off in this game. I started following as a kid, uh, Real Madrid, which was um, still to this day my my favorite team that I follow. But uh, the reason, well, the main reason that I managed to fall fall off with soccer was moving into Houston back in 2009 and starting to follow the Dynamo around 2011. Um, it gave me a, like a pretty good perspective. Obviously, there's 
um, there's watching your favorite team on, on TV. And back then I wasn't able to watch Real Madrid because I was still living in Venezuela and in Houston at the time. So um, you, I only had what I, what I had at that point and, and it was the Dynamo still. So um, yeah, I just kept going to Dynamo games uh, more often. Obviously those, those things are our last few consistent years. Uh, I, it, I felt something just watching the Dynamo and it felt like it felt, it, it felt pretty good. And unfortunately it did not feel the same, the same way eight years and whatever was ahead after past 2012. So, um, yeah, but like for me, it, it was just that sense of community and also just that camaraderie that has felt like just, just watching your team play regardless of the results. And, and yeah, just like the way the game uh, connects people, like not only in MLS, but also like the other the leagues in the United States and also across the world, like we get to see uh, in Europe and everywhere else. It's, it's just something that, that, um, that really, uh, uh, that really influenced me to just fall to, to just follow the sport and just develop myself to be a better person overall, like like outside the field, and and yeah, and obviously, not not only as a fan but also playing uh, soccer uh, in middle school and high school, like in both in Venezuela and my time in Houston. So it's um it's a sport that means that means a lot to me, and and yeah, it's just one of those experiences that that helped me fall in love with the sport to this day. No nah, man, good deal. Thanks, thanks so much for sharing that. Very cool story for sure. And on that note, OSG, Foxtrot, thanks again for joining us. OSG, it's always a pleasure, man. Even though we might disagree a little bit earlier today, but it's always a pleasure. And uh, it sucks, but you know what? Dynalytics is forever orange, baby. So we'll be here next week. <laughs> Go That's Dynamo, true. man. And safe well, travels Tuesday, way. buddy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And safe travels Ages Tuesday. Ages up. Man. Hey, the type of lose when we in the race. Hey, we up in the place and we gon' put it in their face. Let them know. Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo. Hey, the type of lose when we in the race. Hey, we up in the place and we gon' put it in their face. Let them know. Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo.